right. So let's go ahead and get started. Um, you know, as I was praying about today, the Lord gave, it was kind of crazy, the Lord gave me this message, I think it was like Tuesday or Wednesday, and then late last night, I mean, it was late, it was like 11, <laughs> the Lord just kind of like stir, was stirring up stuff, and he was just like, Paul, like, we need to shift gears here. And uh, I was like, all right, Lord, let's go. <laughs> Where do you want to go? Um, and I feel like he really wants us to talk about the blessing and the uh, importance of spiritual hunger this morning. And, um, you know, spiritual hunger is a necessity in the kingdom. You guys know that, right? You guys remember the Beatitudes where Jesus said, um, those who, what, hunger and thirst for what, will what, be filled. You know, the Beatitudes, Jesus was laying out this foundation of the gospel message. And it's important, you know, we need to be hungry. And um, God moves according to our hunger. And, you know, I really believe he's been preparing us over the past couple months, maybe in the past year, uh, for what he wants to do here. He wants to move significantly here in Wilmington. And um, in order to do that, he prepares us to receive him. Isn't that crazy? So many times we think we need to, like, get our act together. We need to do this. We need to do that and all this and really, by his grace, he's preparing us. He's doing stuff in us. He's imparting within us to get us prepared for him to come. Isn't that a relief? Because sometimes we feel like we got to stir something up. We got to make something happen. We got to, like, pray harder, pray for hours, repent of everything. You know, all this, like these kind of things that we, this working to try to get God to move on our behalf or for God to like really show up in our midst. And really, he does it in us first. And, and he does it in many ways. I want to talk about some of the things that he's been doing over the past couple of weeks. And, and you guys probably have been experiencing this on your personal level with the Lord and, um, but guess what? He's making you hungry. Has anybody been feeling that? I don't know about you, but when I first was watching the Asbury Revival stuff, um, man, it was just stirring something in my heart. I mean, I was, I remember first, like, when I was first watching it, I was just like, I mean, tears were just coming to my eyes. I was just so, my spirit was just yearning for him. And if you guys notice, a uh, really cool thing about the Asbury Revival um, that really I felt like the Lord highlighted to me is, man, it, it was like so simple. You guys notice that? It was just a group, of, it was a small group of kids repenting of their sin and going after Jesus. And they didn't have, like, fog machines. They didn't have some $100,000 sound system. They didn't, they didn't even have a drum set. <laughs> you know, as a worship leader, I'm kind of like, man, they didn't even have a drum set. But you know what they had? Hunger. Hearts full of hunger. And it stirred up 
the nation. Thousands of people have, have like are trying to get to Asbury. I guess not anymore as they're, they're kind of moving out now uh, with, with trying to, to spread the fire. But um, thousands of people, hungry, desperate people, ran to the fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, I, I think it's on purpose that it was so like all over YouTube all YouTube, TikTok, all that other stuff. There was, it was like all over the place. I, I know God, it was God because he was specifically stirring up hunger within our nation. He was specifically stirring up hunger over the world because we had people from all of the world coming too as well. And I know he was stirring stuff in my heart. I mean, it was just like, Lord, do it here. Do it here. We need you, God. We don't want anything else. We don't need a slick church service. We don't need slick preaching. We don't need slick music even, Lord. We just need you. We want you. And it was just stirring in my, it's still stirring in my heart. And I feel like the Lord is bringing us to a place that we are just so desperate that, that like doing anything else other than pursuing him in his presence we're just, it's just a waste of time. We don't care anymore. And I don't know if you notice, even our church services here have shifted. Have you guys noticed that? It's like, Lord, we just want to do what you're doing. We just want to see what you're doing, and we want to go where you're going because we just want you. And I don't know if you guys remember a couple of weeks ago when I was sharing about making a place for God to feel welcome. You guys remember when I was sharing that quote with Rick Joyner? He said, like, some of us, like, we can, we can put together slick church services and entertain the masses. But like really what brings true heart change is his presence. What changes the region, what changes the nation is his presence. It's his power. It's his love. And some, sometimes like if you, uh, we wouldn't even notice. I think the, the quote from Rick Joyner was like, we wouldn't even notice if... Uh, if the Lord had left our meeting because we have our own program going on, you know, and it's good, right? We got good music. We got good preaching. We got good teaching, good programs. <laughs> but guess what? Lord, he's making us unsatisfied with all that stuff by showing us a taste of what is to come because he's preparing you and I to be involved with this. This isn't something, and another really awesome thing about the, the Asbury revival, I felt like the Lord was pointing out, it's like there was no big name. There was no big evangelist. There was no like big worship leader. There was just like the body hungry for him, the bride hungry for the groom, right? And I really believe that it was a picture of like the body coming back, like where we're not just sitting in the pews being entertained by the preacher, by the worship, by the music, but we are all engaged, all in pursuit, all going after him together. Another thing too, like uh, I noticed in, was like uh, in the videos, like you could hear the singing of the congregation or whatever you want to call it, louder than the worship team. Do you guys notice that when you're watching that? 
It was the body calling out for the, for the bride, calling out to the groom. Lord, we need you. We want you. We're not going to wait for the worship leader to tell us to go in a direction or to, to get us fired up to actually go and seek you. No, we want you. We're hungry for you. Does that make sense? He's doing that here. There, we've had past couple services, you know, even where like he showed up and he's done some awesome stuff. We're seeing some healings. We're seeing people get touched. Salvation. We're seeing salvation. But that's only an end result of his presence, of us pursuing his presence. It's just peripheral, if that makes sense. It's good. We want it, and we're going to pursue it. But we know if we pursue, if we make the one thing the main thing, all those things are going to be given unto us, right? The one thing, the one thing that Mary was pursuing, the one thing that David was pursuing, his presence, hunger for him. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today. <laughs> I want to give you a, this is a quote from a, Smith Wigglesworth, I think it's just awesome. I mean, and if you guys don't know Smith Wigglesworth, I mean, God used him tremendously in the early early twenty or early nineteenth century, right? Um, to for healings and for moves of God. Um, this is what he said: "The secret of spiritual success is guess what? What hunger?" hunger. Right? Yeah, what were we talking about? Open book test here, guys. <laughs> Secret to spiritual success is a hunger that persists. It is an awful condition to be satisfied with one's spiritual attainments. God was and is looking for hungry, thirsty people. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. All right, so let's, let's look at... Sure. The secret of spiritual success is a hunger that persists. It is an awful condition to be satisfied with one's spiritual attainments. God was and is looking for hungry, thirsty people. All right, so we're going to look at some hungry people, all right? Let's turn to Genesis 32. You guys got your Bibles. We're going to read a little bit about um, Jacob. So you guys know Jacob and Esau, right? Twin brothers. And uh, there was a, a comparison within Scripture between the two. If you guys notice that, that, all throughout Scripture, there's a lot of times a comparison of the two, all right? The two trees. And um, there's this comparison between Esau and Jacob on their heart for the Lord, really, and their hunger for God. And uh, we all know Esau, right? What did Esau, Esau was the oldest brother, right? And so when he's the oldest brother in, you know, th that in Israel, or really actually not Israel yet, but in that culture during that time, the inheritance from the father, the blessing from the father was passed down to the, the firstborn, right? So Esau was the firstborn, and his birthright, his inheritance, was both the financial and spiritual blessing that came from, you know, Isaac, his father, right? But we have this comparison in Scripture where Esau, 
sells his birthright for what? You guys remember? A bowl of stew. Sold his spiritual inheritance and his physical financial blessing for a bowl of soup. He trades it with Jacob. Jacob tricks him, comes in famished uh, from going out and hunting, and he's just like, oh, I'm so hungry. Jacob, help me out here. Cook me a pot of stew. And Jacob kind of swindles him and kind of they're like, well, I'll do that, and I'll give you some soup if you'll give me your birthright. I mean, this is a crazy kind of picture. How many, how many of you guys know this is an unfair trade? <laughs> You know, but this was a picture between, and, and we all kind of like, oh man, he's like, you're an idiot. I mean, <laughs> what in the world are you doing? But guess what? We all do this. And, you know, we all are a little bit of Esau. We all are a little bit of Jacob. And when you're humble enough to see that, you'll grow. And um, so Esau, he was... He was famished. He was hungry. And he filled his hunger with a natural uh, soup, a bowl of stew, just to, to meet that little quick passing urge of hunger. How many of you guys know what this is a picture of? It's our choice every day when we sin. Do we give in to that momentary pleasure of sin and sell our birthright of being sons and daughters of the, of the king? Or do we actually deny that and we, and we pursue him and we fill that hunger with him? Because we all were born with hunger. We all have spiritual hunger. It's what you're filling it with what makes a difference. And um, so we have Esau here, this picture where, he, I mean, he's, who knows, man? He's out of his mind. Maybe, you know, as we're, if you guys don't eat for a while, you get kind of crazy too. But like he trades his birthright for a bowl of soup. And uh, this really is a picture of like, you know, being filled with the natural things of this world. You know, those things, this can point to us that like the things that we kind of compromise with, we feel this hunger for God or this hunger to do the right thing. We fill it with, with different things in, in this world. You know, it, it can actually like mute your hunger for the Lord. It can actually like dampen it. And some of these things aren't sin. Some of these things are just good things, but maybe just not the right timing. You know what I'm saying? But they're still wrong because you're, you're choosing one thing over the Lord. And um, so it's important for us to kind of like be aware of like, Lord, what am I choosing over you in my life during this time, right in this moment? What is muting? What is like dampening my hunger for you? And allowing the Holy Spirit to really just search our hearts search out what is actually keeping us from becoming more hungry for the Lord. And I'm, I'm positive. I've talked with many people, you know, over the, the past couple of weeks, and the Lord's doing this right now. So if you're like, if you're noticing that the Lord's bringing stuff up in your life that, you know, 
uh, in the past, it was like, oh, it's okay. It was, you know, it's nothing wrong, no harm with it. Nothing that's really even, I mean, obviously sin, you know, there is stuff wrong with it. And the Lord is pointing out sin in our lives. But he's also like, uh, there's, there's things that aren't really bad or like clearly sin, but the Lord's like saying, Paul, just hang out with me instead of going to go, to go whatever. You know what I mean? Where we get busy with so much stuff, and we just fill that need of fulfillment with busyness. And the Lord's just saying, Paul, don't go, don't go over here and hang out with friends. Do Get alone with me right now. So he's doing that right now. And it's not something that's forced, which is awesome. Like, I mean, you know, because we can't uh, crucify flesh with flesh. We need the Holy Spirit. And so if you guys have been feeling that over the past couple of weeks, if you've been feeling the Holy Spirit's been just like kind of kind of pinpointing some things and, you're, and there's like the conviction associated with I'm not talking about condemnation. I'm talking about conviction when there's like this conviction. It's like, you know what? The Lord's asking me to, to lay this thing down right now. Or this, this, oh man, the way that I talk to my coworkers, man, I'm feeling this conviction. Man, recognize that. That's the Holy Spirit. He's preparing a way for his move in your life, in this region. Because when this takes place personally, and, it, and then it takes place corporately, we will see a move. He's doing this. I'm not trying to preach a, a message of repentance right now, okay? He's doing it already. I'm just telling you what he's doing. And, and the importance is for us to recognize that he's doing this and to partner with what he's doing. Take it serious. Don't be like Esau. And be like, man, I just, I just need a bowl of soup, man. I'm just... And just, and then you're done, you have your soup, and then you're just like, man, I'm hungry again. And you just go through the same cycle again, over and over again. So let's, let's really be like sensitive to the Holy Spirit of what he's doing right now, preparing us, making us more hungry. Because this is the way that he makes us hungry, is that he pinpoints sin in our life, not out of condemnation, but out of like, hear me on this. His heart for us is he wants us to have him. And he knows that these things need to be dealt with. So out of his mercy and his grace, he brings conviction by the power of his Holy Spirit. I am so grateful for conviction. What a gift. Because if you weren't convicted of your sin, if you weren't convicted of like compromise, you would com be completely blind the rest of your life. And the enemy would steal from you in that area over and over again. You'd be blind to it. Why does this thing keep on happening to me? I don't understand. I just, this thing keeps on. But with the conviction of the Holy Spirit, he kind of like points. It brings his fingers like right there. That root right there. You dishonoring your parents. You harboring bitterness towards this one person. But Lord, that happened like 20 years ago. It's in your heart. Deal with it. Remove the stumbling block. For, prepare that, that road for my Holy Spirit to move in your life. Let's deal with it. Man, I'm so grateful for the Holy Spirit. He's awesome. He loves to clean us up. He loves to make us like Jesus. And this isn't a message of like forced holiness. 
Oh, I'm going to try really hard. We got to be holy. This generation needs to be holy. Give me a break. Your flesh cannot crucify flesh. By the Spirit, put to death. By the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, we just welcome him to come and search us. Lord, search my heart. Find any unclean way, any offense in me. Point it out. Anything that is stealing from me, that is stealing from my family, that is stealing from my purpose, that is stealing from your purpose here in Wilmington, let's deal with it. Holy Spirit, bring your conviction. Don't go like digging around in your stuff, like, oh, did I do this? Don't do that. Because you just come out discouraged and beat up by the enemy because you're just, all you're going to hear is the voice of the accuser. He's just going to keep accusing you. You did this, you did that, you did. But when we just open to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, here I am, search me. Man, when he comes and he brings conviction, it is such an awesome thing. He's like, Paul, I love you. This thing right here that you're doing, the enemy is beating you up because you're opening a door for him here. Let's deal with it. Let's apply the blood of Jesus to this thing and close that door. Let's free you up from this. The blessing that I want to pour out on you, let's deal with this so you can actually receive it. Because right now, it's, you can't receive it. it. You're being stolen from. He's preparing a place for him to move in your heart, in my heart, corporately. Because when we, we yield to this moving of the, of the Holy Spirit and to conviction in our lives, we're going to see him move corporately. And we're going to see the results of heaven, of heaven being here on earth, the direct results of heaven being here on earth. Healings, deliverances, salvation, miracles, Signs, wonders, government changes, laws changing. How many of you guys know you can't? Sometimes I, I, I encourage people to get involved in politics, and I pray for politicians. I pray, But how many of you guys know, like, we need a heart change of the nation, and then our laws are going to change. So the law is actually written on people's hearts instead of like, oh, crap, I better not do this. I'm going to go to jail. No, they're like, oh, man, I don't want to do this because, man, I will hurt my relationship with the one I love. You see the difference? If you love me, you will obey what I command. This is a result of of a move of God. You guys know I've been preaching to you guys for weeks now about past revivals and stuff like that. These are results. And I just want to encourage you guys, don't get discouraged if you feel like, man, Lord, why are you bringing up all this junk? Why am I dealing with this stuff? I thought I, got, I thought it was over with that stuff. I thought it was all under the blood, you know, when I, no, no. <laughs> Be encouraged when the Holy Spirit's searching you and convicting you and he's freeing you up. Man, when the Lord showed me that paradigm shift of like, you know, this, what sin was actually doing to me, I was like, search me, Lord. <laughs> You know, when I was, uh... anyway, we'll, we'll go there. Let's, let's keep on going. We got some time. Let's actually get to where we were headed. Genesis 32, right? So this is a picture of hunger. Genesis 
32, sorry, on verse 14. Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled him until daybreak. When he saw that he had not prevailed against him, he touched the socket of his thigh so that the socket of Jacob's thigh was dislocated while he was wrestling with him. Then he said, let me go, for the dawn is breaking. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. He said, your name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him and said, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask my name? And he blessed him there. So Jacob named the place Peniel, and he said, I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been preserved. All right. So you got this. It's a, it's a kind of a weird story if you think about it, and it's kind of abrupt. You know, Jacob's he's doing all this stuff, and then all of a sudden he was left alone, and a man wrestled with him. <laughs> you guys ever notice that? It's kind of like, bam, okay. <laughs> Jacob's on his way, but bam, there comes a man. He's wrestling with him. But uh, obviously, he's wrestling with the Lord here. And Jacob was so hungry, and it was displayed through all the scriptures. Even when he was born, he was like grabbing hold of Esau, trying to get out first because he wanted the blessing. I mean, it was like in his DNA. <laughs> and um, so we show this thing. And then he has this encounter with the Lord where he is just like so desperate. He's wrestling with the Lord and he's so hungry for the blessing of God, for the righteousness of God, for, the, for uh, his inheritance that he will not let go of God. And God is even like saying, um, which is kind of weird to think about. It's like, God, I mean, you're, you're God or it, whether it was an angel or the Lord or whatever. He's saying, let me go for dawn is breaking. I mean, I mean, God's God. He could just flick him and he'd be like, gone, you know? But he was allowing him to pursue him. He was allowing him to wrestle with him. He was allowing him to that hunger to be released for God because he knew that's when he was positioning himself to be able to receive the blessing. And so the Lord touched him on the hip, and we've talked about this before, and it literally transformed his walk with the Lord permanently. How many of you guys, that has happened to you? When the Lord has touched you, it has permanently transformed your walk with him. I know it's happened to me. Where he's come along one of those days, and all of a sudden he's rest, I'm wrestling with God. I'm going throughout my day, and boom, there's the Lord. Now, there have been times in my life, and I know in you guys' life, where he shows up, he touches you, you are changed. And your walk's changed permanently. This is a picture of those times where he touches us and our hearts are changed permanently for him. He was so desperate. And that's what the, that is an awesome result of hunger for God. When God shows up, people are changed. Hearts are permanently changed. That sin that you keep struggling with, it is broken. I remember one time I had an encounter with the Lord, and I've shared this with some of you guys before. When I was in college, I had this crazy experience. We were worshiping, and the Lord said, start speaking in tongues, start praying in tongues. And we were in my dorm room, and, and everybody kind of like filtered out. And, uh, and I just began to like pray in tongues, and, and, the, and the Holy Spirit just like fell on me. I fell on the ground, and I'm screaming at the top of my lungs because I'm on fire. I literally felt like I was on fire. 
And I was like screaming. I was like, and I was thinking in my head, even I remember I was like, man, my neighbors are going to think I'm weird. <laughs> but I couldn't help it. I mean, I just couldn't help because he was, his presence was so strong. The fire, and, and I, I'm like, Lord, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're killing me. What is going on? I mean, I was like scared. Okay. And, um, and I heard the Lord, this like in my heart, little, little, small voice, Paul, this is just an eensy, teensy, weensy, little, tiny, little, you can barely measure it of how much I love you. The power of my life, if I unleashed the power of the full of my love, I would just, we would get be incinerated. And I was like, oh my gosh, it changed me. It like, I mean, it's like he just touched my hip and I just went, oh gosh, my personality changed. I mean, I was different when I got off off that floor. And there have been many moments in my life that that's happened to me, and I'm sure I know has happened to you guys. I've talked with some of you guys about those times where he comes along and he touches you because you're hungry for him and you're pursuing him, and he, he comes and he makes permanent heart change. That's what we're after. We're not after some kind of revival where we have a bunch of hype and we got a bunch of like cool stuff to talk about and like cool testimony stuff. No, we're looking for transformed hearts, permanent transformed hearts. Where we're not struggling, we're always like struggling with sin management. We're trying to help other people with their sin. No, they encounter the Lord and they are changed permanently. So this is what happened to Jacob because he was hungry. He was desperate. It was more than just like, man, I'm kind of, hmm, I'm about some five guys right now. No, it's, it was like, God, I am so desperate. I'm so desperate that I will even sin. I mean, that was kind of crazy. Don't, don't do that. But I mean, basically by swindling and like deceiving, he was so desperate for it that he would do anything for it. That's what it was showing us. Well, guess what? God's preparing us in the same way. And he's doing it. And a really cool thing I just want to point out here. So he changes his name. He changes his identity at this point because that's a picture. When the Lord changes somebody's name, it's a change of identity of who they really are. So he, he names them what? Israel. Interesting thing about what the word Israel means. The meaning of Israel in the Hebrew literally means to struggle with God. It means a couple things. God rules, prince of God. And here's the really interesting part. He turns the head of God. Israel means he turns the head of God. And I believe this is a picture that Jacob was so hungry, so desperate for God that God literally, he had to change his name that, hey, you turned my head because of your hunger for me. I literally, it, it caught my attention. Sure, struggle with God, God rules, prince of God, and he turns the head of God. Jacob's hunger for God and the blessing of God turned the head of God in his direction so much that the Lord changed his name to the meaning and he touched him permanently and changed his walk with him. 
And we, as we read before, Matthew 5, 6, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They will be satisfied. And we, we quote that, that scripture all the time, you know, but what does it really mean to hunger and thirst for righteousness? It's such a, like a, we use this phrase all the time, and I think sometimes people don't even know what it means. What does it mean to hunger and thirst for righteousness? Anybody want to take a stab at it? You want to be changed? Yeah, yeah. There's a hunger to, to be changed. Be authentic? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's right on. It's hungering and thirsting for righteousness to the place where you get desperate that you're confessing and humble where you're confessing your sin to one another. Yeah, Deborah. How many of you have ever wailed? Okay, so I, I never knew wailing was real until recently. How many of you have cried right before wailing? You've just, there's such a depth within you that you've just cried, but it hasn't crossed over to wailing. And so, um, of course, a lot of you know my, Michael went home. I never knew there was wailing, and I went there. But then the wailing shifted, and I no longer wailed for Michael. I began to wail for something else. And so last night, and, and it was just everything Paul has said, I'm experiencing. And I probably many of you are, but I want to put a grid on it. I want to put a grid on hunger for you. There was a time I wasn't hungry. There was a time I couldn't receive. And I knew the Lord, but my receiver was broke. And then the Lord healed my receiver, and I was able to receive. But after Michael went home, I began to experience something by the Spirit of the Lord that I actually began to cry, literally cry out for God for certain virtues, like I needed to be humble, I needed to love. And I would cry, well, last night, there's been another change, and I began to cry for my sin. I began to cry out to God for the things I couldn't overcome. And here's what I want to share. When you recognize that you are doing these things, that's not because there's anything virtuous or good or anything at all, but all of a sudden this heart cry wells up in you for something specific. I want you to recognize that's the Spirit of God moving on you because that is the very thing that he has enabled you to cry out for that he wants to give you. And he is now cultivating your heart in weeping and crying and travail for what he wants to birth in you. And so I, I, um, I do hesitate to cry in front of people. And, um, but today I was weeping. And sometimes you don't even know why you're weeping or why this deep cry is coming out of your being. And so Wednesday I, I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I want to do less and be more. And doing less means settling 
And the Lord's been really dealing with me on being anxious. Don't be anxious for anything. So I find out sometimes I'm a little anxious to share. Sometimes I'm a little anxious here or there. And all the waiting that we've been hearing, our pastors have been so right on what God is doing right now. I, I'm like, God, I'm so glad I'm here. I am. And so the settling, the quieting of your heart before him, and then allowing the Spirit of God to well up in you, and, and that righteousness that Paul is talking about, let the righteousness of the Spirit of the living God rise up in you and catch it. It's when you recognize it, just go with it. You're walking through your house, and all of a sudden, like, I got up at 3.45. I think I went back to bed around 5 or something, and I said, Lord, I'm going to wake up tired. But all I could do was set my gaze on him and cry out to him. Because God is looking for a purity in his people that only his spirit can birth. And it comes with that weeping and travail and crying. I was almost at the point of screaming out to God with a heart cry. And it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Amen. Thank you, Deborah. Yeah, I mean, that's right on. And, you know, the Lord's going to do this differently with each one of us because we're all different. So, you know, with Deborah, you know, it may be, a uh, travailing, a uh, weeping will come over you. I mean, that has happened to me. There will be times where, like, just a spirit of worship will come over you, and you're dancing, and I don't know. I mean, we, let's, we're not going to put God in the box, Holy Spirit in the box, but just the whole point is being aware of what he's doing, that he's preparing you and I to experience more of him. He's creating a hunger within us by his spirit, not by us mustering up hunger. I'm going to make myself really hungry for God. Paul said to get hungry. I'm getting hungry. Don't do that, please. <laughs> Just get in rest. Get in his presence. Lord, here I am. Search my heart. Search my heart. You do the work. You are the one who's going to change me. By the spirit, put to death the acts of the flesh. Right? So, Spiritual hunger turns the head of God towards us. When we are hungry for him, it positions us in a place for him to turn and him to move through us. And that's what he's doing right now, just like Jacob. So number one, how do we get hungry? If Paul, you're telling me not to like try to do it my own strength, my own will, I'm just, I'm going to will myself to be hungry. Have you ever tried to do that like natural hunger? <laughs> Good luck. You know, I'm always hungry for some things, but you know what I'm saying. I'm always hungry for some blue crabs. Anybody? Let me get some, some crab legs on. But no, get. we can't make ourselves hungry. So number one, I know this sounds so simple, but it is the truth. Ask him to make you hungry. It's so simple that we look beyond it. And we're like, oh, I, I can't just ask because I've got to do something. I've got to create hunger. I've got to, I, 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 you know what I mean? <laughs> and it's really that simple. It's like, Lord, make me hungry. 
I'm hungry for you. Make me even more hungry for you. Do it in me, Holy Spirit. Okay? And he will. Deuteronomy 8, 3, it says, He humbled you, causing you to hunger, and then feeding you with manna, which you neither you nor your ancestors had known. So he can make you hungry. He can cause you to be hungry for him, and he'll do it. Isaiah 55, 1 and 2, I just want to read through this quick. This is important because we get so caught up in like thinking that we did it somehow in our own strength or, or like, I don't want you guys to leave today thinking, man, I don't know how to make myself hungry. Like Paul says we're supposed to get hungry and God, scripture says we're supposed to be hungry for him to hunger. I'm not hungry. I'm pretty satisfied actually where I'm at. I don't want you guys leaving like, oh man, I guess, I guess I'm just not one of those. <laughs> I'm not one of those passionate people for the Lord. No, you can be, and it is your purpose to be passionate for him. But we need him. Isaiah 55, 1 and 2 says, come all. Come who? All. All who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, that means you have nothing to give. You can't buy it. You can't purchase it. This is grace given. Hunger, being filled, is completely by grace. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and you will delight in the richest affair. How many of you guys know when you taste of the Lord and you see that he's good, you're like, oh my gosh, I've been settling for like Little Caesar's pizza my whole life. <laughs> little Sneezers. <laughs> I've been settling for Little Sneezers pizza and I could have been having like a blue crab, all you can eat feast. I mean, it's greater than that. That's just, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Man, when I first tasted of the Lord, I was like, oh my gosh, what have I been doing with my life? <laughs> what have I been wasting my life on? You're everything. You, you fulfill everything that I am longing for, right, Josh? That was, that was a quote there from Josh's song. <laughs> he literally fulfills every longing of your heart. You were, he created the longing in your heart for him, for him to only be able to satisfy it. So don't fill it with the other stuff. Allow the Holy Spirit to be searching and removing this stuff from you to make you more hungry for him, to position yourself for an encounter with him, for you to be transformed and for you to transform Wilmington. All right. So ask, number two, ask Holy Spirit to remove anything that we are settling for and that does not satisfy and for sin in our lives that we're just totally unaware of or maybe we are aware of. Let's get rid of the stumbling blocks and let's prepare that highway for the Lord. Psalm 139, and this is how you can practically do it. Pray Psalm 139, 23 and 24. Search me, God, 
Know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in a way everlasting. So that's like, Lord, here's my heart. I open it to you. Have free reign there. Go search, do whatever. Point out anything that is hindering me, that is that is like muting my hunger for you, that is stealing from me, and let's, get, let's deal with it. And I just see the Holy Spirit just going like this. Yes, <laughs> I can't wait. Out of his love for us, it's like, man, I can't wait to give everything that I want to give Paul. He's finally letting me just get ready, rid of those things. It's like, I use this analogy all the time. It's like, when, like, if I saw my kids playing outside and the neighborhood bully comes over and is beating them up, you know how much anger I would have towards that neighborhood bully, and I'd go outside and I'd kick some butt? The Holy Spirit sees sin the same way in our life. He's like, man, that thing is beating up my kid, my child. Let's go after that bully, that punk that kicks you when you're down, that takes advantage of you when you're weak. Let's deal with this. But it's a simple prayer. It really is. Holy Spirit, search me. Know my anxious thoughts. Find anything offensive in me. And then guess what? I'm just going to walk through this because some of you guys are like, Paul, I know this. I've done this before. Some of you guys have never done this before. And I'm going to say it. You're going to have a memory. You're going to have like a picture of even like a, a movie reel of something that took place in your life where you did something wrong or somebody did something wrong to you. And you're going to allow the Holy Spirit. You're just going to walk and work with the Holy Spirit. Lord, I'm seeing this in my life. Lord, I remember this time where I stole this uh, whatever from the pack of gum at the grocery store or something. You have a memory of it. And you just say, Lord, that's what I'm seeing. Father, forgive me for stealing. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for the, the blood of Jesus has covered me. I receive your forgiveness. It's done. Or the Lord will bring up like memory of you fighting with somebody and then you guys leave, man. I, and these anger, thoughts of anger and bitterness kind of... Like, Lord, I don't want to feel anger and bitterness anymore. I don't want to. All right, that's Holy Spirit. He's dealing with you. He's saying, he's pinpointing something. He's like, Paul, that place right there, that anger, that bitterness that you have towards that person, that incident that happened 30 years ago or whatever, or yesterday, that right there. Forgive that person. Repent for holding unforgiveness in your heart. Let's deal with that thing. Let's, let's remove it and let it stop stealing from you and let's prepare refreshment of the Holy Spirit in our life. Does that help anybody here? Hopefully. It could come in all kinds of ways. But don't be going digging and stuff. Well, let's see, let, let me try to list all my sins. Let's see what I did this yesterday. Don't do that. Let him do it. He's really good at his job. The Holy Spirit, he's actually perfect at his job. He knows exactly what to point out, when to point it out, when to deal with it. You don't. Don't be digging around stuff that you're not supposed to be digging around. Let the Holy Spirit do his job.
He's really good at it. All right. And this is what happens. Acts 3.19, we repent, we turn from it, we change the way we think about that situation, that we were wrong, God was right, you know, and we turn and we confess our sins and times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. You will experience personal revival and it will turn into corporate revival as the Holy Spirit is leading us into. And then the response for this, hunger. So, okay, now you've got this hunger going on. Or maybe you got like a teeny tiny bit of hunger. It's like, I'm just a little bit hungry. That's okay. I just want to tell you guys, it's okay to have, I'm, I'm not super hungry, but just a little bit for the Lord. I mean, be real with yourself. Be honest. God knows. <laughs> you can't trick him. It's like, God, oh, I'm really hungry. Really. And you're like thinking about like, I don't know, video games or something <laughs> like, but God, I'm really, no, he knows your heart. Say, God, I don't, I'm not hungry. Make me hungry for you. But Lord, with this little bit of tiny bit of hunger that I have for you, I'm going to express it. And I want to encourage you guys. This is what he's doing in our body. That's what he was doing in Asbury. There's a way we can express our hunger, which actually turns into more hunger, which actually turns into a move of God. Worship. It's that simple. One thing about the Asbury Revival that I noticed is like, man, this is just, God, there's got to be more than just this. Worship. They're just worshiping. Nonstop, just worshiping. Simple melody, simple worship song we hear on the radio. But it is a V, it's not about the song. It's not about the music. Obviously, you don't even have a drum set, right, Andrew? It's about their hunger, and the song is just a vehicle to carry their hunger to the Lord. I want to encourage you guys to think about that on Sunday morning. Don't worry about the song. I don't really like this song. They keep playing that same song over. They keep repeating the same holy, holy, holy. I'm sick of saying that. <laughs> don't think about it that way. Let's come Sunday morning thinking, okay, this song is going to be a vehicle of my love and my hunger to him. And pushing out all the distractions on Sunday morning. Just don't think about what your neighbor's doing. Don't think about, like, you know, what happened on the ride over to church or whatever, whatever happened. Think about him. Push out all distraction. Focus on him. And, like, literally point your hunger to him like you're aiming, like, you know, a rifle or something. I don't know. Whatever, whatever like, picture helps you. And use that song as a vehicle to your, for your hunger. Does that make sense? It is that simple, I'm telling you. The times that I've encountered the Lord in worship, I was singing this simple little ditty. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about the music. I didn't care about the music. All I cared about was him. And when he showed up, he had my full attention. I didn't care what was going on. It was like the dedication of Solomon's temple. Like, the Lord shows up. The, the priests and the pastors and the evangelists, nobody could do anything. They were on their face. They couldn't do anything. I remember one time, I'm going to close with this. I was invited to do, um, I think it's so interesting too that the pastors of this church, all three of them were worship leaders at one point in their life. I don't think that's an accident. But uh, 
this one time uh, I was asked to, to lead worship at a conference. And um, so me and my team, we went out there and um, we show up and, um, you know, we're doing our worship set. We're just singing, worshiping the Lord. And the hunger in that place, I don't think I've ever experienced hunger like that before. The people, not necessarily even me. I mean, I was hungry for the Lord, don't get me wrong. But the hunger in the, the body that I, I sensed was stronger than I'd ever probably ever experienced. And we just worshiped. And then the, then the, uh, the speaker, guest speaker, whatever, the main speaker came up and he's like, you know what? I think we're supposed to keep on worshiping. So he canceled his message. I mean, I mean, that was awesome. That just shows you the hunger. I mean, you know, if you had this you know, speaker at a conference, like, uh, I had this huge message like presented and, you know, ready to go. And I, oh, God's not doing that. And so we worshiped. We went out and we worshiped for, I mean, it was a couple hours, three, four, I don't know how long. It was a long time. Heather was there. And this mist, like, showed up in the room. It was so wild. It was like this cloudy, misty thing. I just remember looking out, like, going like this. What in the world? It's like going on. I'm like, I'm playing my guitar, singing. And, uh, but the presence of the Lord was so strong. I mean, people were weeping and dancing. And then one moment I was like turned over and like the drummer is like hugging this woman that's crying on his shoulder and they're praying for each other. I'm like, what the heck's going on here? Nobody cared about the music. Everybody was fixed and focused on him. They were experiencing him. But it was because I asked the Lord too. I left after that. Time. I was like, Lord, what was so different? from this service and any other service. I led hundreds of times as I led worship. What was so different? He said, they were hungry. They were desperate for me, not me, for, you know, for him. And he wants to bring us to that place. And he is bringing us to that place. Be encouraged. He's bringing us to that place. Because he wants to move here in Wilmington. It's on his heart. It's not just my idea or Derek Prince's idea when he gave his prophetic word in the 70s about him moving here in such a way to be greater than the Welsh revival. It wasn't his idea. It didn't initiate in Derek Prince's heart. It initiated in heaven. Heaven's purpose was for God to move here in such a great way that it would supersede the Welsh revival where 100,000 people came to know the Lord in less than a year. He's preparing us. It's exciting. It's encouraging. So let's wrap this thing up. Where do we go from here? I'm encouraging you guys. Pray that prayer daily. Lord, make me hungry. Make me hungry for you. I know I can't, I can't drum up hunger. I can't do it. Just come to that. <laughs> Stop trying to make yourself hungry. I know some of you guys are in your mind right now. What can I do? What can I do? To, I can do this. Stop. I don't want to call it that, that work spirit kind of thing or whatever. We call it another name, but <laughs> ask. Come to the waters. You have no money. Come and drink. And um, Number two, Holy Spirit, search me. You do your work. You're really good at your job. Search me. Remove anything. Deal with anything in my heart that is stealing from me and from others. 
and that is hindering your move here. In my family, let's get, let's get practical. In my marriage, with my relationship with my kids, with my coworkers, and then maybe Wilmington. <laughs> but yes, definitely Wilmington. Holy Spirit, search me. And number three, worship. Worship him. He is worthy. Worship him with the hunger. The, even if it's a little, really little, teeny tiny bit of hunger, worship him with it. If you got huge hunger, go after it with huge hunger. Worship him. I'm telling you, it's going to spread. So let's just, I want to do that real practically right now. Let's just do this, those couple things. Lord, right now, number one, Lord, we, we ask for hunger. Make us hungry. Thank you for the hunger that we do have for you. We are hungry for you, God. But make us desperate for you. You do it, Holy Spirit. Make us hungry. Wake us up in the night. Wake us up early in the morning. Lord, invade our times, even when we're at work. Make us hungry for you. Be on our minds and our hearts all the day long. And even in our dreams, make us hungry. Make us desperate. Thank you that you're going to do it. Thank you that I don't have to do it, that you're doing it. We thank you that you're doing it, Lord. Make our body here and all the bodies in Wilmington, all the churches in Wilmington, make us hungry for you. That, Lord, nothing else will satisfy but your presence. And, Lord, here's our hearts. They're yours. We gave them to you. I don't know. I gave you mine 20 years ago. Here's our hearts. Search us, Holy Spirit. Search our hearts. Lord, point out anything that is stealing from us. And this might be happening to you right now. If any of this stuff is happening, deal with it. Just allow, work with the Holy Spirit. If there's any memory, I'm just going to be quiet for a little bit. And, and you guys, just work with the Holy Spirit. If there's any memories of things, or if there's any sin in your life, if there's any compromise in your life, guess what? It's stealing from you. It is a curse to you and your family and your everybody connected to you. Let's get rid of it. So Holy Spirit, I'm just going to be quiet for a little bit. We're going to pray. Holy Spirit, search our hearts. Point out anything that you want to deal with with us right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your forgiveness. We receive it by faith. Thank you that your blood covers all of that. And it is forgotten. And it will no longer steal from me. It will no longer be a door of access for the enemy to beat me up. We love you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Thank you for the power of your blood. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your presence. We love you. We bless you. You are worthy.
Thank you, Lord. All right. All right, guys. So this is, let's make this real and practical. Let's just not do this Sunday mornings, all right? I encourage you guys, daily come to the Lord. Let him search you. He's already doing it. Just be aware of it. And expect him to come and move in your life.